0: Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique, and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. The
1: following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Dr. Will Cole, leading functional medicine expert and best-selling author. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is The Art of Being Well. What's up, everyone? It's Dr. Will Cole, and welcome to The Art of Being Well. I am a functional medicine practitioner. I started one of the first functional medicine telehealth centers in the world over a decade ago. So that's my main passion, my main focus, 10 plus hours a day. I get to consult people around the world via webcam and we ship labs to them and provide them a functional medicine perspective on their health issues and tools to start reclaiming their health, to have agency over their health. So I love that part of my life and it's it's my main professional passion for sure. And this show, The Art of Being Well, is an outpouring of that love of wellness, of functional medicine and different facets of health and wellness. And I've written a few books about these topics as well, if you're interested in reading, (laughs) not just podcasts. Um, My first book is called Ketotarian. It's a mostly plant-based, basically clean Mediterranean ketogenic way of eating. Uh, Second book is called The Inflammation Spectrum, which is a deep dive into functional medicine and the far-reaching implications of chronic inflammation and how it exists on a spectrum. And my newest book recently came out. It's called Intuitive Fasting. It's a New York Times bestselling book. I'm super proud of that book. And I love it. It's, as its name implies, a mindful, conscious approach to intermittent fasting, hence its name, Intuitive Fasting. So if you want to learn more about the telehealth center, my clinical work, the books, everything and anything, there's tons of free content as well, all at Dr. Will Cole dot com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E dot com. Let's get to today's guest. Her name is Mariana Hewitt. She is a friend of mine and also one of my patients actually at the Functional Medicine Telehealth Center. And I'm not breaking any patient confidentiality. She talks publicly about this and we talk about it in today's conversation. But she's not just a patient. She's not just my friend. She's also a brilliant human being that has tons of of really valuable information, and we can learn a lot from Mariana Hewitt. She is the original super influencer. She's a leading voice in social media with over one million followers, and was named WWD Beauty Inc's Influencer of the Year. She's also co-founder of Summer Fridays, a clean beauty brand whose iconic jet lag mask became an instant Sephora bestseller. A self-confessed beauty fanatic, Mariana was one of the first on the influencer scene when she started her blog, Life With Me, Mariana Elizabeth, and YouTube channel in 2012 to share her beauty favorites, personal style, and travel adventures. She's also the host of the Life With Mariana podcast, a top five fashion and beauty podcast on Apple podcast charts, and each Tuesday... On the podcast, she interviews fellow brand founders, influencers, and personalities to inspire you to live your best life, and we're both with Dear Media, so she's my podcast sister as well. Her warm personality and beauty expertise quickly built a loyal following and developed into today's close Summer Fridays community that the brand invites to share experiences and even weigh in on new products. We actually talk about it in today's conversation. Mariana is still obsessed with everything beauty, and her social media presence and video tutorials continue to influence a diverse international audience, inspiring, women and people everywhere to find beauty in all things. Today's conversation, we cover really diverse topics that I'm excited to share with you all. We talk about Mariana's childhood and the various places she lived and what her childhood was like. Really fascinating. We talk about the clean and effective beauty products of Summer Fridays, which ones are favorites, and the genesis of the different products, the, the insider scoop on how the products came to be. We talk about Mariana's skincare and beauty routine and how that's changed over time. We talk about the wellness journey of Mariana and how working with me uh, has helped her symptoms and what she was going through health-wise. We talk about how Mariana is optimizing her nutrition, exactly what she's doing for her health to decrease her digestive symptoms like bloating. We talk about how to optimize your content online. So anybody that's interested in expanding their own brand or wanting to uh, improve their social media, game uh, this year, uh, then you definitely need to check out this conversation. So without further ado, let's get to this epic conversation with Mariana Hewitt. Mariana, thanks so much for being on the show.
0: Of course. Thank you for having me.
1: Oh my goodness. So I know you as a patient of mine And then obviously I see on social media, all the amazing things that you're doing, but this is like the first time that I had the opportunity to pick your brain, to learn so much about your expertise and field of beauty and all the amazing things that you're doing in the world. On a personal level, I'm very geeked to be able to do this. So thank you for giving me the opportunity.
0: Well, thank you for having me because I feel like every time I talk to you, I'm always asking you a lot of questions. And so (laughs) it's it's nice for you to ask in return.
1: (laughs) The tables have turned. (laughs) All right. So let's, can we go back? You were born in California, right? This is probably a weird place to start, but I really am just wanted to talk about this to start with because I feel like a kinship with you because you... I spent some years in Ohio. And if you're from Western Pennsylvania, like myself, there's this this brother-sister relationship with Ohio and Western Pennsylvania. So mm-hmm. I I have I have that level of that that connection with you. But tell me, like back early days, you were born in California and then ended up in Ohio. How tell me about your your childhood?
0: So it's actually like a big circle of kind of how my life went. My mom and my dad met on a blind date in Brentwood in Los Angeles. And after they got married, my dad had previously lived in Europe. He had lived in England. He worked for the Department of Defense. And so there was an opportunity to go back to Europe to work in Germany. And so my mom and my dad were married. They moved to Germany and that's where they had me. (laughs) And so they were living in Germany, had me there. I was born there. And then from Germany, we moved to California when I was really little. A lot of my mom's family lives in California. Um, Some of my dad's family lives out here too. And then my dad is a little bit older. My dad is in his 80s. If you guys see me on Instagram, talk about him. My dad is just the best. Mm -hmm. And because he was getting older, my grandparents lived in Pennsylvania and there was an opportunity to go to Ohio for work. And he had never lived in Ohio before, but he was like, I'm getting older. I want to be closer to my parents. And so that's how we ended up in the Midwest. So when I was really young, we moved to Ohio And we would drive to Pennsylvania on the weekends. So even though I'm an LA girl now, I'm still like a Midwest girl at heart. And when people meet me, they're like, oh my gosh, you're just so nice. And I'm like, I feel like it's just a Midwest thing. And something about being in LA, I always gravitate towards people who are also from the Midwest and I'll get to know them. And after a while, I find out they're from Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, Pennsylvania, Chicago. And it's just something about it. And it was a great place to grow up. And my mom actually lived in Germany. So I would go back and forth between Ohio and Germany growing up until I got to high school. And then after I graduated from college, came back to California. So it's like a very cyclical journey of my life of going between those places. So moving out to California from Ohio, it seems like it would be a huge change and it was but because I lived here before moving to Ohio and a lot of my family are here I had a really good support system and I kind of knew what I was walking into when I got here mm-hmm. so it wasn't as big of a shock for me as if I had never been here before and so I was really fortunate for that.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. I didn't know the details of it. I knew you were born in California, but I knew the Ohio, Ohio connection so it makes it's a very cool story and I agree with you. I think there's a salt of the earth, and there's nice people everywhere, but I think the nice people are more concentrated in certain certain areas, Uh, culturally, it's it's definitely true. So let's talk about Summer Fridays. I wanna know about the genesis of the company. How did it come to be? It's such a, um, you put out such amazing quality products, but I wanna know where did the idea come from? And it's such a great name too. I wanna know where Summer Fridays, the name came from as well.
0: Yeah. So speaking about the Midwest, my business partner and co-founder, Lauren, she is from Michigan. So we are actually have really parallel career paths and lives. And we grew up in the Midwest. Our families lived in California. We went to school both. We wanted to be Oprah when we grew up. We had a passion for sharing things. Lauren then became a TV news anchor in Missouri. And I was working as a television host doing entertainment news in Los Angeles. Then we both started our blogs and social media at the same time. And now we're also both neighbors and we're Libras. So really (laughs) the similarities between the two of us are really crazy. And we had this really long friendship. We've been friends for over a decade now. And Lauren's background really is in like wellness and clean beauty and motherhood. And she is really just so... She takes such good care of herself that she's taught me so much about eating really clean, taking care of myself, moving my body, practicing gratitude. And then my background and expertise, I started my YouTube channel in 2012. So I've been you know, an influencer now for a long time, even though that wasn't really a thing when I had started yet. And over the years, I really built a community online who were beauty fanatics. And I myself call myself an educated consumer and a product junkie, because although I don't know how to formulate a product and I do now, um, I knew what I was looking for as a shopper. I knew ingredients I wanted and didn't want in my skincare And from posting and sharing things online for so long, my community would ask, is this cruelty free? Is this vegan? Is this clean beauty? Does it have this or doesn't have this ingredient? And then Lauren was very early pregnant um, with her now toddler at the time, and she was trying to clean out her beauty routine. And she found from her doctor, she wasn't supposed to use certain things in her skincare routine. And so she was trying to clean out her skincare products and found the products that were clean or natural. They didn't really speak to her as a consumer and maybe the branding or the messaging didn't work for her. And then she found they also weren't effective. So we thought, let's take my love of beauty, Lauren's. Need of clean beauty and create clean and effective products while still being, you know, something that we as consumers would want to purchase. And so that's like the theory behind the brand is fast, effective products with clean ingredients, while still having Instagrammable packaging. Um, and all of our packaging is sustainable. So being sustainable was also really important for us. And so. Now sustainability is becoming more top of mind for a lot of brands. But when we started working on the, the brand in 2016, the options were pretty limited as far as packaging of what could be sustainable and how far you could push a packaging manufacturer with the products and, and the packaging that you wanted in the outer cart cartons that you had in the shipping boxes that you had. And then as far as the branding and the name, we wanted a name that felt like a feeling. We didn't want to name it after ourselves. We never, we never wanted it to be Lauren and Marianna's face masks. We wanted to create a brand and products that lived beyond us and you know, had a, a future and a legacy that could be purchased for years. And we thought, what makes you feel good? For me, I love summer. Living in Los Angeles, it's endless summer here. So we say every day is a summer Friday in LA. And then you really look forward to that Friday feeling. And especially people who live in New York, they really know that summer Friday, you get mm-hmm. off work early, um, you enjoy your long weekend, but it's about bottling that feeling all the time. So when you're taking care of yourself with your skincare and self-care, you get that summer Friday feeling every time you use our products.
1: It's beautiful. And it's funny, I didn't know the story behind that, but it definitely, from a messaging standpoint, got its way to me. Like I was like, okay, yeah, I love summer Fridays. That's an amazing, I mean, wherever you're at, but especially in the Northeast, like in Pennsylvania, summer Fridays, beautiful, like green in LA. You're like, you're right. Every night's a summer Friday there (laughs) too. So- when you started developing the products, these effective but clean formulas, I am curious of. You're on Sephora.com. You're you're all over the place. You're I actually when I go in Sephora, I like to geek out and like see pictures of you and be like, oh, I know this girl. She the products that that are there, and they're all clean at Sephora. And you kind of mentioned that the, with Lauren and what she it was important for her for it to be clean. It was important for both of you for the product to be clean. A lot of brands are out there that they are not going the extra mile to provide clean ingredients and clean formulas. And I don't think people realize how much extra work and due diligence it takes on the brand side to have a clean formula and for to get those seals of approval to have it clean. Can you talk a little bit about that?
0: So being clean was something that was important to us because it really came from a need And when we were starting the company at the time, there weren't a ton of clean brands. So really the options were pretty limited. And so when we we thought about it and we were formulating products, we wanted to go to a lab that didn't even have these ingredients to begin with. So it wasn't going to accidentally be snuck into a formula or a product that we didn't know about. Um, And we really leaned on the expertise of people who have been manufacturing products and formulating them for years because we said, we know how we want this to perform. We know we want this to be effective, but we still want to try to avoid some ingredients that we can. And so over the years from then to now, the industry has really caught up and we're so fortunate. There are so many clean brands now to shop from. But now I think clean is like the basic of launching a new brand because why would you launch a brand now and it not be clean? Um, so I think going forward, it will just become the standard, just like now cruelty-free and vegan is something that people just want and need from all of their products. I'm hoping that the future just means this is how everyone formulates. And now what are we besides clean? What else mm-hmm. can we offer our customers besides having clean ingredients? And look, I don't use all clean beauty because not everything is uses those standards. But I try to use clean where I can. And for some things that there's not an option for, I still use other products, but I still can look at the ingredients. And just because something is either clean or if a product is natural or organic, doesn't mean that it's good for you either. There are a Mm -hmm. lot of really amazing, great synthetic ingredients to use and other products and brands that are using those ingredients that I also feel really comfortable about using on my skin. So I never am so extreme, like I will only use clean, but when it comes to our brand and when we're formulating and making products, it's just something that we prefer.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it's good to know the brand, what they stand for. Um, but at the same time, I know that it does take extra work and I know I appreciate <laughs> you guys doing that
0: especially, I don't know if I'd sent you lip butter bomb, but our lip butter bomb is vegan and cruelty free. And when creating that product specifically to be vegan was so difficult because a lot of lip products have either beeswax or lanolin in them, which give it like that slip or hydration, but not using animal byproducts in our products makes that some formulas really difficult because like texturally, that's kind of where you get those, those benefits from. And so that product specifically took us so long to nail. And then because, we don't use any synthetic dyes or fragrances, nailing a really perfect natural scent or flavor is also pretty difficult. So there's definitely difficulties that you, that we have in the back end, but ultimately once we get to the end result, we're so happy with it.
1: As you know, on The Art of Being Well, we talk a lot about brain health and the fact that in the West, we like to separate mental health from physical health, but the reality is mental health is physical health. Our brain is part of our body and the things that we do in our life, the foods that we eat or supplements that we take or the way that we take care of our bodies impacts our mental health. So one of the things that I love to support brain health is magnesium and other specific compounds. And I love the blend from our friends at NED. They have a new product called Hello Mellow. Besides it being a really cool name, it's their magnesium super blend. There's a lot of science behind it that as a functional medicine practitioner, I can really get behind because it's solid science. According to the World Health Organization, as much as 75% of the United States adult population does not meet its daily magnesium needs. And magnesium supports over 300 essential functions in the human body, regulating our mood, brain function, fatigue, nerve and muscle health, as well as our physical response to stress. And I think we have all felt stress over the past year. Mellow is specifically formulated to replenish and optimize your body's magnesium levels at a cellular level simply and naturally. So it has magnesium, but what I also love about Mellow is that it also has L-theanine, GABA, and over 70 trace minerals. I met the guys that head up Ned. They are super smart. They have a passion when it comes to brain health and optimizing wellness. So if you want to learn more about Mellow and the other products that Ned has. Ned is offering the listeners of the art of being well, a really great deal. If you use code Will Cole at checkout, you get 15% off your first order or 20% off your first subscription order. Just use code Will Cole, my name, or go to www.helloned.com slash Will Again, that's HelloNed.com slash Will Cole or just use Will Cole at checkout.
0: Hi, I'm Dr. Deepika Chopra. My passion, calling, and job is really all about blending together holistic practices with real evidence-based science to help people around the world cultivate more optimism, success and resiliency. You won't want to miss this new podcast as you'll get to hear from elite athletes, recording artists, couples, and maybe even my toddler. So if you're into arming yourself with some new practical happiness tools, join me on Mondays for your morning optimism dose. Oh, and don't forget, things are looking up.
1: Since you brought it up, let's talk about this lip butter ball, man. You sent it to me. I freaking love this stuff. I know some guys use lip. My my son does, my 14 year old son does all the time. I, for some reason, just never went to like the chapsticks or the lip balm. But when you sent it to me, I started using now I'll never go back. I will always use it because your lips are so well, well taken care of. And it smells so good. You mentioned that you don't use the synthetic uh, scents. It smells like a nice vanilla uh, delight. I don't know how to explain it, but it's so great
0: it's amazing. I love it. So many guys use our products too. And that's why I think, you know, our marketing skews a little bit more feminine, but a lot of guys really use all of our skincare products and our lip butter bombs. So it's good to know that you really like it. And then guys also like to use it on like their cuticles or their hands or their nails when it's really dry. So it's definitely like a great multi-use product.
1: Yeah. So you're, you have these products to come out. And I I love it because you're educating people about the products as they come out. You seem very intentional about what you're bringing out. You're not just bringing things out for the sake of it. And it's almost this beautiful event where you're educating people, but it's quite exciting. I mean, you mean, you create products around the the, the main products to... I, I don't know. I want, I want to know the, 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 the reasoning behind that, because it's fun as a consumer for me to just watch and see what you're creating. It's beautiful. But can you explain like what the process looks like to determine, okay, what do I want out next? And how am I going to curate this experience around a launch like this?
0: So the product pipeline that we have that has been coming out and that we're working on in the future is really community driven. And so because we are still a new small brand, we're about to approach our third anniversary. We are a little bit more nimble as far as our pipeline when we can pivot and change things. And so we're really large corporations. They plan so far in advance. They can't really pivot as fast. And so if we're working on a formula that's coming out, let's say it's next year, but a lot of people are asking me about a certain skincare concern or an ingredient they really love. We can make edits and changes to that formula, a lot sooner. So those results can show up next year in our product pipeline that's coming out. So really, we're so community-driven. And even just recently, I posted to my Instagram stories, I asked my followers, what products do they want next? What skincare concerns are they worried with? What products outside of makeup do they want? Or what products outside of skincare do they want? And we tally up everything and look in an Excel sheet. And then we look at what rises to the top. And if something is so far ahead, it's like, Maybe we had this planned for fall of next year, but let's move it up to spring because people really want this. Mm. And so it really allows us to be flexible with our pipeline. And so we really are coming out with the products that people actually want from us. Because if we're working on something and it's like very low on the list, it really shouldn't be a priority because ultimately we want to create the things that people want to buy. Wow. And then as far as the product launches, they are definitely like an event and it has become like the marketing and social and the imagery that we launch with and the way that we do it and the gifting. It's definitely something that our team works so hard on. We have an amazing marketing team and they can take the vision that we have for like a, a product launch and bring it to life even better than I could have ever imagined. And we're all about visuals and imagery. And that summer Fridays feeling. And so we always try to have an essence of like sun and summer and beach and that like carefree lifestyle and everything that we do. And before the pandemic, we would have events, we would have community events where we would post on Instagram, we would go to different cities around the US, we would have people come hang out with us, try the product. And we did all of these things around it. But then last year we had to pivot and we said, okay, everything is digital only, what can we do? And so we had to really have it be so experiential that if you can't go to a store to see the product or try it in person, or you can't um, go to an event to learn about it, how can we get you to get excited about this? And that's really through video and imagery and being as descriptive as we can in our content and our education of each product. And so we try to do it in an educational, but also like a beautiful way. So Mm -hmm. the way that we shoot our photos is really different, I think, than other skincare brands. Mm -hmm. So it's just so fun. And I love seeing each one come to life.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's like, In a way, this creative baby that you're, you're giving birth to and putting out into the world. It is an experience to watch it and come to life. And it's, it's multidimensional. And I mean, can we talk for a minute about the, these sweatsuits that come out that you put out there that sell (laughs) out in like two minutes? I mean, (laughs) can you talk about the thought behind that? And they are uh, beloved by so many people.
0: They really are. So last year um, in the pandemic, I found myself only wearing like sweatpants every single day. And I was shopping online for all of these sweats. And then we really wanted them for ourselves. And then we were like, let's just make them. We'll like, order like not that many and see how it goes. And then it sold out. And then everyone was like, we want another one. We want another one. So now it's something we continuously do. And because we're a skincare brand, I think if you're wearing makeup and you're out and you're wearing a red lipstick, people can say, oh, what lipstick or what mascara are you wearing? But When you're wearing skincare, people don't really know what's on your skin. They almost have to ask. But by wearing a Summer Fridays product, it's also great for our brand and branding because you can actually see it. Um, I was at a coffee shop and I had a Summer Fridays bag and someone was like, Oh my gosh, do you work at Summer Fridays? I love their products. (laughs) And so it's a great way now um, to be out and about. And I love... you know, I haven't seen many people in person this year, but I was at the grocery store recently and saw someone wearing it. And I went up to her and was like, Oh my gosh, I love your sweatshirt. Like, Thank you so much. She had no idea who I was. Um, But it's so fun to see people wearing them. And it's just like a, a fun wearable thing to have for the brand.
1: It is. And it it really goes with the Summer Fridays vibe as a whole, because it is. I mean, it's you want to when you get home from work on a Friday, you want to like get into something comfortable and it kind of it goes with the whole look of the product. I mean, it's super smart, really smart stuff. So let's talk about I know you have some upcoming things are releasing from Summer Fridays. Can you give us a little sneak peek of what's to come?
0: Yes. Yeah, so our brand new product launch is called Summer Skin Nourishing Body Lotion. And we decided to go into, into body care. And that poll I was saying recently about you know asking our community what they wanted, this was a top product request. And so we were like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing that it's coming out in a few weeks because it's really aligned with what our community is wanting from us. But a lot of times when I put on body lotion, I would put it on and it takes forever to rub into my skin. Or once I have it on my skin, it's sticky to my clothes. So we wanted a body lotion that was really fast absorbing, but it almost has this like baby soft feel afterwards. So when you put your clothes on, it's not sticky, but it gives you all day hydration. And just like our other products, it's vegan and cruelty-free. So it's just amazing. And then speaking of those um, ingredients, we have plant-derived butters, which are amazing and all natural oils. And so it's just the best. It comes in like this beautiful tan packaging. Of course, it's very Instagrammy like everything else. And it's available now at summerfridays.com and Sephora. That's
1: so cool. So I know you're probably the most excited about the, the newer products right now, but if could you go back and look at all your launches, all the different products you have on your line which one, maybe let's pick two. Like what are your two favorite things? You're like, yeah, I love all of these, but these are like two of my favorites if you had to pick. And it's like picking two of your kids as your favorite. I know.
0: (laughs) It's so difficult. So our vitamin C serum, our CC me serum is just incredible. It was our first product outside of mass that we came out with. And it's not only a vitamin C serum, but it has an other great ingredients like glycerin, niacinamide, squalane oils. And so it just feels so amazing on the skin. It's hydrating, but it's it's also helping with hyperpigmentation and dark spots. And then our other new launch that came out recently was our Cloud Dew. It's an oil-free gel cream moisturizer, but it's fragrance-free, oil-free. It wears so well under makeup, under sunscreen. It's just the most delicious texture and color. It's beautiful. And eventually, I hope that you know we'll be able to fill out everyone's full skincare routine morning and night. Um, mm-hmm. But those are a few of my favorites for now.
1: I love it. And I keep seeing the soft reset getting a lot of uh, accolades from different magazines and different, I mean, people love that product as well, right?
0: Yeah, that one's been doing really well also. It's so nice to see when people review it or try it. And so that product was really because we wanted a chemical exfoliant that was really light on the skin to help with texture and with pores. And there's a lot of chemical exfoliants out there and they either come in pad form. And so you're using fabrics or you know pads, that, which isn't sustainable when you're using single use wipes or they don't have clean ingredients. So we thought, how can we make something, a chemical exfoliant that helps these skincare concerns with sustainable packaging and clean ingredients. And that's how we jumped up that product. And so if you're looking for a clean alternative to It's a chemical exfoliant, but you would use it in the toner step of your skincare routine. It really helps with like the surface of your skin, and it makes a huge difference. And if you have KP keratosis pilaris, like the little tiny bumps on the back of your arms or your thighs, you can wipe it on your body as well. So what I typically do is I use a reusable cotton round. I swipe it on my face um, in my evening skincare routine. Then I'll take any excess and just wipe it on my arms or my thighs, and it helps so much with the texture. I got a message from a girl that said she was getting married. And she felt so insecure about the bumps on her arms in her wedding dress. And she used this product and she was so thankful how she felt confident on her wedding day. And that's really what it's all about is Mm -hmm. making people feel confident in their skin. And I love hearing messages like that.
1: Beekeepers Naturals is disrupting the conventional medicine cabinet by creating nature-powered medicine that actually works. Imagine that. My friends at Beekeepers Naturals uses a very special, potent, natural ingredient called propolis. And if you haven't heard about propolis yet, it's time to hear what all the buzz is about. Bee Propolis acts as the bee's medicine, and it also contains over 300 vitamins and minerals that are beneficial to the human immune system. Take Bee Immune Propolis Throat Spray as a daily ritual to support your immune system or spray it to soothe a scratchy, uncomfortable throat I really love the Be Immune Propolis Throat Spray myself because I'm talking all day long. I'm talking 11 hours a day, consulting patients online with the podcast, being interviewed on different podcasts. And this is a great way to calm an irritated throat when you've been talking too much or you're feeling maybe a little run down. It's a great tool to have in your toolbox. For a limited time, Beekeepers Naturals is offering my listeners an exclusive deal. They will ship you, a free two-week supply of bee immune propolis throat spray. You just pay $5 for shipping. To claim this deal, you must visit beekeepersnaturals.com slash This deal is not available on their regular website. So be sure to go to com slash willcoal. This deal is only available for a limited time. Start prioritizing your immune health today, and if you don't love it, they will refund your $5, no questions asked. You can also find Beekeepers Naturals nationwide in over 2,000 stores like Target, Whole Foods, and Sprouts. As you all know, I consult people all day long, so my schedule's freaking busy, and I know a lot of you can relate. I need something easy, on the go sometimes, in between consults to support my health and nutrition. And that's why I love athletic greens. It's so convenient and, well, let me just tell you about it. With so many stressors in life that we all are aware of, right, it's difficult to maintain effective nutritional habits and give our bodies the nutrients it needs to actually feel great and thrive. Our busy schedules, some of us have poor sleep, And even if we're just putting out normal energy expenditure like exercising or our environment or stress or simply just not eating enough of the right foods, it can leave us feeling deficient in life and it can also leave us deficient in key nutrients. This is where athletic greens can help. It is a life-changing nutritional habit. Their daily all-in-one superfood powder is your nutritional essential. It is by far the easiest and most delicious nutritional habit that you can do, and you just add it to your daily routine very simply to empower you towards better habits. They simplify the logistics of getting optimal nutrition on a daily basis by giving you one thing with all the best things. I take it every day when I'm consulting patients online. I love it; it gives me an increase of energy, and then just I just know that I'm nourishing my body. Just one tasty scoop of Athletic Greens contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multi mineral, probiotic, a green superfood blend, and more that all work synergistically together to fill the nutritional gaps. In your diet, increasing your energy and focus. I definitely noticed that. It with digestion and supports a healthy immune system, all without the need to take multiple products or pills. While most nutritional products come to market and stay stagnant, Athletic Greens continues to obsessively improve this one holistic formula based on the latest research, producing 53 improvements over the last decade and counting. They invest in the most absorbable and natural sources of each ingredient and go above and beyond in third-party testing to ensure their customers continue to receive the highest quality and best daily nutritional habit on the planet. It's lifestyle-friendly whether you eat keto, whether you eat paleo, vegan, if you don't really care about how you eat, it's dairy-free, it's gluten-free, and contains less than one gram of sugar without compromising on taste. And right now, Athletic Greens is doubling down on supporting your immune system. They are actually offering my audience a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase if you visit my link today. You'll basically never have to buy vitamin D again. Covering your bases with athletic greens makes investing in your energy, immunity, and gut health each day simple, tasty, and super efficient. Simply visit athleticgreens.com/slash willcoal and join health experts, athletes, and health conscious go-getters around the world who make a daily commitment to their health every day. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com/slash willcoal and get your free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs today. You mentioned being a product junkie, and I'm sure many of the listeners are thinking right now, like, I wonder what a day in the life of what she uses on her skin, what does her routine look like? What what does it look like uh, now having your own products out, but also being a product junkie and trying other things as well?
0: So my morning skincare starts with a cleanser, and then I use Vitamin C CC me serum followed with cloud dew moisturizer and then an SPF and then body care. I'll do the body lotion that we just came out with and then a natural deodorant. I'm always going through so many different ones that I like. Right now, I'm really liking the one from Megababe and then PM skincare routine. I do cleanser again, soft reset, which is our exfoliating toner and then I'll alternate nights using a retinol and then moisturizer again. I love a face oil. And then Lip Butter Balm is like the best morning and night, but I love to do it at night too, right before I go to bed over like, like a overnight lip mask. And then as far as being a product junkie, we are always testing, trying and formulating so many different things. So if I am ever on something and I don't talk about a product or a brand I'm using for a step in my routine, it's probably because we're working on it, um, Mm -hmm. or it's coming out soon. And so it's so fun to be a consumer and, I've been buying products my whole life. And to be able to dream up the perfect products that we want and have it do exactly the thing that I want it to do with the ingredients that I want, the way I want it to look and smell and feel is just the most fun. And by the time it comes out, it has been, we've been working on it for so long. And so it's so well loved by myself and Lauren and our team that we just get so excited to hear what our community thinks once it finally launches.
1: Uh, That's so cool. So the, even when you talked about the CC me, the vitamin C serum, I didn't know all the great ingredients in it, but it's very thoughtful that you brought the vitamin C, which helps with, it's an antioxidant for the skin, but you also mentioned the squalene. You also mentioned the, the niacinamide as well. I mean, these are really evidence-based, effective, like you said, effective, but clean ingredients. So I, I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan, Mariana. So if we could pivot real fast into your wellness journey and how we met, like, can you go back to what you were going through and on a personal side and what, made you reach out to me in functional medicine?
0: Functional medicine had always been on my mind. And honestly, like I was just busy and I kept pushing it to the side. And I knew that I needed to change things in my diet. And it wasn't a diet to like lose weight. It was a diet of what can I eliminate from the foods that I'm eating to make me feel my best. And then when the pandemic happened, I thought I need to take my health into control because this is something I can't control. So I want to be the best feeling I can be. I want to be my most healthy. And my excuse before was well, I'm busy. I'm traveling. I'm at an airport. I don't have time to eat well. But once I was home and I had all this free time by myself, I had no more excuses anymore. So mm-hmm. those excuses had to go out the window. And I said, okay, I am home. I can buy groceries. I can cook for myself. And this is the time to do it. And so I was searching online and I came across you on Goop. And then I reached out. And then once I reached out, I realized I'd actually bought my mom the Ketotarian book in 2019. (laughs) And I'd shipped her a copy of the book because she was interested in keto. I got on Amazon. I found your book and sent it to her and she loved it. She's read the entire thing. And it was something that I knew was important to me. And then also, I was always so curious about what supplements do I take what am I supposed to be taking every day? And I had no clue, but I wanted to make sure I was taking the right things. Mm -hmm. And that's where you came in.
1: Yeah. So we ran some labs and uh, kind of gave you the functional medicine experience. I mean, you can share whatever you're comfortable with, but what's been your experience so far with functional medicine?
0: So my experience so far, it's been a few months. We started working together at the end of last year and I think people getting into it at first when they hear elimination diet and you need to cut these foods out and heal your gut and do these things. It sounds really overwhelming, but I have so much more food freedom now and I'm so much more, so much less restrictive than I was before. And I'm actually eating more food and I, I have more options of food and I feel way better. Mm-hmm. And I think I was really surprised by that because I think before I thought, you know, you see all these things on Instagram where you hear from this person, like don't eat this, don't eat that. Try mm-hmm. this diet, try that. Like bananas are bad. And, bananas have too much sugar or don't eat gluten. And then it was, it was almost too overwhelming with all of the information. And it was almost like blanket statements for people. And it wasn't specific to me. And so I think for me investing in this and my health, look, this is my body for the rest of my life. And if this is how my body processes foods and how my gut acts and treats everything else in my body, I want to figure out how to make it the best it can be so that, you know, thankfully I I stay really healthy and then have a really long and healthy life.
1: Yeah, well said. I know at the beginning of your protocol, we put you on some soups and broths. And I'm sure when you posted it on Instagram, people were like, what the heck are you doing? And what kind of feedback do you get from people on social media?
0: I think on social, people are just interested. Yeah. I think in the last year, people have really taken their health. They've been more concerned with their health and they are more concerned with their well-being. And so I think people are becoming more open to it now. But I Mm -hmm. think it just is a lot of education of like, okay, why are you drinking bone broth? Like, why are you doing this to yourself? Or why are you taking these supplements? And I think what I didn't realize is, you know, I was anxious. I wasn't sleeping well. I had skin issues, my skin scalp was dry. My hair was like, you know, shedding so much when I would wash it. But how did I know that it was all coming from my gut? I had no idea. So I was trying to use all of these topical things like lotions and hair serums and stuff to fix on the outside what was happening. But I never thought to myself, well, why is this happening? Or Mm -hmm. where is this rooted in? And that's really what you taught me. And so I think sharing that knowledge from my experience. And when I share my experience on social... I try not to say specifically, these are the foods I'm eating and not eating. These are the supplements I'm taking because I know it's really specific to me. So I always encourage people like find a functional medicine doctor, go get labs, like find out what's specific to you. Of course, there's a few supplements that everyone should be taking, you know, for the most part, or there's certain foods that are mostly inflammatory to a lot of people. But once you get into like the specific things, like maybe... I eat spinach and nothing happens, but my mom could eat spinach and is instantly bloated. So mm-hmm. just because it's healthy too, doesn't mean that it's healthy or, you know, it's great for all people. And so when I share things, I try to share them in a way, you know, isn't either triggering for people or is informational without like being preachy because I'm not the expert. And I'm just sharing my experience.
1: Yeah, I think that's a very smart thing to do. I feel the same way is that I educate people on it, but I always bring the caveat on we're all different. So I think someone in your position uh is you're doing it the right way to say, look, this is what I'm doing. This is what works for me, but let's go, you know, you can go find out what works for you. Uh, I think that's very wise because otherwise people feel like, oh my gosh, like I'm so confused. And instead of it just being more flexible and curious and learning about somebody else, it doesn't mean you have to do the exact same thing. You mentioned your hair, you mentioned your skin. Can you talk a little bit about what you were dealing with there? You touched on it and then what sort of changes have you seen so far?
0: Yeah, so I had a really dry scalp and it's something that still happens cuz obviously, you know, some is from gut, some is environmental. So as seasons change, you know, my skin changes, my scalp changes, but I it just I knew it wasn't like normal. And I felt like my skin was always, my scalp was always really itchy and flaky. And when I would wash my hair, it would fall out. And then something like looking at the outer thirds of my eyebrows, are they thin? And I was like, I just thought it was because I was over plucking my eyebrows. But then I realized it could be linked to something else. And then my skin, was just really sensitive on my body. And I had done everything like switching to fragrance free detergents. I was using fragrance free lotions. I was trying to do all of these things for my bot, the skin on my body, but I wasn't realizing it was coming from the foods that I was eating. And now I'm like, oh, if I eat like true, like a gluten product my skin will be itchy afterwards. Mm -hmm. And it's not itchy because it was dry that day or I used a product with something. And now I'm like, oh, I can use fragrance lotions. It was never the fragrance lotion. It was the food that I was eating. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think learning all of those things and then telling them to you and actually saying them out loud and realizing what those could be linked by. So what we did was I started first with a bone bra fast, which honestly was a lot easier than I thought. I think because I, I I... don't mind fasting for like some certain periods of time. Anyway, my skin was so clear. My eyes were so clear. I felt so good. And then that really jump started everything else that we did from there. And that started, you know, healing the gut and then eating the way that I do now.
1: Yeah. And we brought in some supplementation as well, based on labs and we're working on some things. And, uh, as you and I have talked about before, but for people that are new to this. When someone's dealing with different inflammatory problems like this, the gut can take 18 to 24 months, basically a year and a half to two years to heal. So the fact that we're seeing changes like this, this early on, which is a good thing, uh, but it's the capacity to heal is so great. So you'll continue to heal. I have no, you'll continue to improve beyond this. Uh, I have no doubt about that. Is there anything that you're not eating that you're like, oh man, like I I wish that I I had that, or you've mentioned that your whole relationship with food has changed. It's not about restriction at all, right?
0: There are so many great alternatives. If there's yeah. something that you had before that you think you can no longer eat, there is a gluten-free, grain-free, dairy-free, refined sugar-free option. Yeah. If you go on places like Thrive Market, even Amazon, or if there's like a, a Whole Foods in your area, or if you're in Los Angeles at Air One, If I go into Erwan, basically, I know I can eat most of the things that are there and I'm really fortunate to be here. But if you're not in one of those major cities, there's great online sources for this. So what I found I was really, really missing was cheese. Like I don't drink dairy milk anyway, so that wasn't an issue. But cheese, I was like, oh my gosh, I just want a pizza. (laughs) I really want a pasta with cheese. I now love almond cheese who knew i thought i think in my mind i was like dairy alternative cheeses are not the same they don't melt they're not good yeah. i found this cheese and it melts so now my favorite thing is a siete cassava flour tortilla with almond cheese oh, it's yes. like a normal ke- and it's like a normal quesadilla so i have that with like zucchini and chicken that's like my yeah. go-to meal and It is so delicious. Like I think I might even like it better than normal tortillas now, but I think finding alternatives that still taste good because I don't eat them thinking I'm missing out on this other food. I eat it because it's just as good as these other things that I had before. And then afterwards, I don't feel bloated. I'm not sluggish and tired from my body trying to process these foods. I feel better afterwards. And then I still, you know, satisfied that craving for that food that I wanted. And so we are so fortunate. And every day I see a new brand coming out. Like every time I get emails all the time from new companies about a new this coming out or that coming out without all of these, you know, potential inflammatory ingredients. And so there are tons of options.
1: There is. There We live in such an awesome time. You're right. I mean- 10 years ago, 20 years ago, this was not an option in the health food world. So we definitely are blessed and fortunate. And let's give Siete a shout out. I mean, they oh are gosh. not sponsoring things, but I mean, I love these people and they are sweet people on on, on a personal side. I, I know them, but professionally dang man they are that that tortilla you're right the cassava flour tortilla do you like the almond flour or the cassava flour i better? love
0: i think i like the almond flour better than the cassava but then i have the cassava chips and so i think what was happening before was i thought oh my gosh carbs are bad right. carbs are not bad i right. was just eating eating like something that was like wheat and mm-hmm. wheat was bad for my body. It was wheat the didn't wheat agree protein, not the
1: carbohydrates. Yeah,
0: exactly. So honestly, now I eat more food. I eat chips every day. I eat tortillas every day and I feel better than ever. And I am happy with like where my body and everything is. And I feel less bloated, but it was never the carbs. It was the ingredients. And so right. like Shout out to Siete because they are the chips and tortillas <laughs> I eat every single day.
1: So, what's the vegan cheese? Do you, do, what brand is that?
0: Oh my gosh, I have to like look it up. It's this almond mozzarella. It's like almond it's supposed to be almond cheese. I'm gonna Google it. Mozzarella. Okay. It's like a shredded cheese. It comes in like a brown packaging. It's called lizanati Foods. It's the original almond mozzarella style cheese. The the good health cheese alternative. It shreds, melts, and tastes great is what it says on the packaging. And (laughs) it really does. And it melts exactly the same. So I just put like a tortilla in the pan. I heat it up for like 30 seconds, put the cheese on there, it melts. And it's, um, you can't tell me it's not real cheese because it's just amazing.
1: (laughs) Have you ever had the Siete like dips? They have like the queso and uh, you have to try this. The nacho, they have nacho cheese dip as well.
0: I haven't, but during the holidays, they have the cinnamon sugar chips.
1: Yeah, those are so good. Oh,
0: I hoarded them. Like (laughs) holiday 2019, they were my favorite. I literally bought bags of them. And so this past holiday, they sent me a few bags. So I have them because I think they just need to have these out like permanently because they're just the best.
1: They are. They're so good. I'll tell you my Siete little thing that I do. And it's so simple when I say I feel like such a child, but it is a amazing treat. I heat up the siete cassava tortillas and then I put some organic peanut butter and jelly in it and I roll it up. It's like a peanut butter and jelly burrito. It's so freaking good.
0: Um, I need to try that.
1: Yeah. You could do almond butter. You could do it with organic peanut butter, but it's really, really tasty. Yeah. We call them peanut butter cheeks around my house because (laughs) the peanut butter gets on your cheek, but whatever. Uh, It's worth it. I'd like to, before we go, talk about... Your time as an influencer, I mean, you talked about whatever, 2012, right? It was, it's was it been a while. I mean, influencer wasn't even a term then, but can you tell me how that space of being an influencer, how has it changed over the past almost 10 years?
0: So when I started, it, it definitely was not the career it could be today. So in that time, there was only a handful of people who We're doing it even as I don't even know as a job because they still had another full time job and we're doing this as a hobby on the side. But at the time when I started, I genuinely was just wanting to create content because I have a passion for sharing things with an audience. And I get offended if my friends go buy a product without asking me first, because I'm like, no, I've tested and tried everything. Like, let me tell you what the best thing is to buy. And that passion for sharing things is what really led me to starting a YouTube channel and eventually blog and social and podcasts and everything else. And so at the time, it was different. It wasn't as competitive as it is today. And brands weren't paying people brands were barely gifting people and you definitely didn't know that it could you could turn into a lifelong career where you could start a business and companies and eventually do the great things that you know my fellow influencers have been able to do but now i think people aspire to become an influencer as a job because they see other people have it as a career so i think it's just different now and i think it's really competitive so i think and i talk about this all the time that there's enough room for everybody so if you are an aspiring influencer and you want to start out now That's fine. There's room for everyone, but you have to have a thing. And so you have to have some sort of niche or some sort of value you're providing your audience. So if you, I always say this one is like, if you want to work with all gluten-free foods, if you are Siete and you're launching a new tortilla, you're going to go hire the person who talks about gluten-free foods and grain-free foods because that's your person in your niche. Mm -hmm. And so I think niches are important if you eventually want to work with brands because then you'll become an expert in that specific field. And if you don't have a niche, that's fine too, but then your content should be very personality driven so that people can only come to you to get that sort of content because they just love who you are and those are like the people who are really good at entertaining they're either funny or they have some sort of like personality quirk that it's almost like watching a mini reality show on their instagram stories every day and so it's changed like it's it's really competitive now but i also think it's a great time to start because brands are spending money they're spending money in all tiers of people from micro to macro uh, every you know, type of industry is spending in this type of space now. So, before when I started, it was maybe beauty was spending and sometimes fashion, but now across wellness, home, beauty, fashion, travel, all industries I think have some sort of influencer budget, and if they don't, they do some sort of gifting. And so, there are so many opportunities now that I didn't have at the beginning.
1: Fascinating, and do you think on that note, I mean, where would be your instinct in this space for for a while now? Where do you think that field of influencer, field of even social media, where do you see it going in the next five years?
0: I don't think it's going anywhere because people have always used marketing to sell product and And before, if it was celebrity, these are new celebrities, but on a a micro level or even specific level. And so I think if anything, you get more, you have more details. You can see how many swipe ups someone had, how many times someone used a promo code. So if you're a brand, you have so much more data. If you put up uh, an ad in a magazine or you spent money on a billboard, you have no idea how many people saw it, even looked at it. But if you took that same budget and invested in digital instead, you will have so much more data to, to show your boss or you know, the person you report to of how successful a campaign was. And so I don't think it's going anywhere. And so that's why I think if, if it is a career you aspire to have, it's a great time to start. Um, because I don't think it's going anywhere. And then I think the girls who, you know, are in the in the age range of like when I started, a lot of us have now started businesses. So I think that will be the path of building online communities, proving out a track record and then eventually being like okay i know i can sell a lot of product i know i have a good sense of whatever it might be or there's so many career paths people are taking now either being you know working at, at magazines as an editor in chief or they consult on brands or they help with product development or they consult with marketing strategies and you know consult on social so there's so many things where really being an influencer for me was a great start to starting a company because I learned how to do so many different jobs. Mm-hmm. So I could take all of those skills to when we started our company. So take advantage. There's so many great opportunities for influencers now. And I think it's not going anywhere.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, just with the data analytics alone, it's a lot more cause effect. If you put out a campaign, you can see if it's effective or not very, very accurately. Do you, let Since we talked about social media here, I'm curious on your relationship with social media. When your job, so much of your job and what you do is online and, and depends on it. It's, it's really the, the life of, of a lot of it, but it can be like this endless pit of things to do or DMs to answer. What's your relationship with social media at this time? And do you create any healthy boundaries with it?
0: I definitely have boundaries, which is also something I'm fortunate to have with social. And so my first boundary is I don't share everything online. And so I have a personal life outside of what I share on the internet. And that is deliberate because I never wanted my personal life to feel like work because then at at what time do you clock out of work? If you're sharing Mm -hmm. everything in your personal life, then nothing is for yourself. And then you feel like you have to share every moment. And then almost like once you start to share a little bit more, then your audience expects you to share that at a minimum. And then you share a little bit more and then they want more. And so I've always kept it to the products I love showing myself showing travels and product but it's not overly personal and that's because i have to i have to be able to clock out at some point in time right. and so that was a choice that i chose to make a lot of years ago. And it's something that I still do. And I think it's better for my mental health because what you don't want to be doing is going through things where you are struggling with them at the time you're going through them. And everyone's you know, situation is different. This is just for me specifically, but I think it would be really difficult if I was going through something hard in my life. And while I'm trying to process my emotions myself, be sharing it and having other people's opinions at the same time. So maybe once the event has passed, and if you want to share, once you feel good about it, that's okay. But I think for me, I need to feel my feelings on my own. And I don't want to have the opinions, whether they're positive or negative of you know an online community. And because I have o- over a million followers on Instagram, that's a lot of opinions. Yeah. Um, and so for me, it was important to just keep it separate. And then as far as social and boundaries, I have timers on all of my apps. So TikTok is 30 minutes a day. Instagram is two hours a day, which... I know 2 hours a day sounds a lot but when you're doing it for your job that time goes by pretty fast so between posting content and you know just checking DMs and comments and then also just like scrolling to see what other people are doing and following my friends the 2 hours goes by pretty fast and then I don't have Instagram on my main phone I have a content phone so on my main phone I took Instagram off of it and I don't have Twitter or Facebook on there but I have mm-hmm. a content phone where I have my Instagram app And so I take all my content, pictures, videos on that phone. And then I have Instagram apps. So then when I'm out and about on the weekends, I don't even take my content phone with me because what I found was happening was I would be sitting there bored somewhere and I'd pull up my phone and I had Instagram on my home screen. I would instantly just open it and start scrolling. Mm -hmm. I didn't even need to look at anything, but Mm -hmm. it almost became second nature where I opened my phone and looked at it. And I'm like... I'm in this, I'm by the ocean in Malibu. Why am I looking at my Instagram right now? Like I can look at Instagram when I get home tonight and I'm sitting on my couch and I'm bored. And so I found I am much more present by not having social on there, not everybody has two phones, but because it's my job, I, I ha- can have a second phone. But if you don't have that, you know, luxury of having two, then put it into a separate folder, not on the main screen of your phone, so that you actually have to like scroll through a few pages and open a folder to get to it. So it's not as accessible and not so visible, where you're just looking at social like second nature. And for me, it's Instagram, but for someone else, it might be Twitter or TikTok or Facebook or whatever, whatever other platform is that you know sucks your time away. And it's hard because it's my job. So I want to be on there and I love it, but I know I, I can love it to an extent to the point where um, it's healthy.
1: I love that. It's so good. A smart parameters, healthy boundaries to prevent compulsivity. And these things are designed many, many ways to be compulsive. Uh, and you're, that's quite smart. Are you on clubhouse yet? I think you are, right?
0: I am on clubhouse. I, so what do you think actually- of that? So Clubhouse is interesting. I've been a passive listener, so I haven't really actively, I'd like join one room and I talked for like a second. It's interesting. I think more brands are getting on there now and they're becoming more like moderated. Right. I really am into the rooms about beauty obviously because it's the industry that I'm in and right. I tune into I know like Elon Musk was hosted a room the other night and people were like going crazy for the room that he was on and I see more celebrities and stuff starting to come on it because we both have podcasts. I think it's interesting because it's audio only. It's not recorded. You There's no video. And then once it's gone, it's gone. So if people want to tune in, they really have to listen then. But I think it's interesting. I think it's a good time for it right now as a lot of people are at home. But I think once people go back to work and you're traveling and stuff again, mm-hmm. I don't know if people will have the same availability to sit at home because I know some people leave it on all day. Like well, They'll have it on their phone for like eight hours and they're just passively listening to it in the background like a radio show or like a podcast. Right. But that's live happening. And so... I think it's convenient for where we are in the world right now, but I don't know moving forward how how that will fit into our lives.
1: It is interesting. I, I That's a very interesting observation. I ha- still am trying to figure it out. I have such an old man with it. So I'm like, I have no idea. I'm going to this room and people are like making me a moderator. I didn't even ask <laughs> to be a moderator. <laughs> yeah. And they're asking me to like talk about something. But it's it is like this long form... Almost like a radio show, like you said. I think what will have to happen is once people are back to the normal life, whenever that happens, however that looks, they're going to have to save the audio because you're right. Not everybody is going to be able to listen to that live and interact all the time.
0: Yeah. So I think even if it's like a 24 hour, you know, audio. So I know, right? I know their thing was they never wanted to be like a security or data thing where they were keeping information, but now just for community guidelines. I think right after the chat ends, they keep a recording of it for like 20 minutes. So if people have a complaint, they can go back and listen to the audio. So if they need to like, you know, follow up with someone who violated community guidelines, they have some sort of data. So I think they're trying to learn, but I think they're growing so quickly that they're trying yeah. to like figure it out themselves.
1: Yeah. Mariana, I could talk to you all day long. This has been a great conversation. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show.
0: Thank you so much for having me. And if you guys um, want to check out my podcast too, it's Every Tuesday, Life with Mariana. Yes.
1: I didn't even think about it. Let's talk about that. I don't want to leave you. No, it's fine. No, That's, it's fine. I want to talk about the podcast. Tell me about that before we go. I want to hear about the podcast. How did it come to be? It. We're on the same network. We're both on Dear Media. I, I love it so much.
0: Thank you. So I have been so fortunate in my career to have an amazing network of friends. So if I have a question about brand or social or marketing, I have someone to reach out to. But not everyone has this network of friends. So I thought, if I can bring my network to people to help inspire or motivate them, or you know, tell them about wellness and bring the experts in my life who I work with to them, so they can live you know their best life and feel the most inspired and motivated is what I wanted to do. So it's every Tuesday. Um, I've got an episode with you, which I'm so excited about, and other amazing you know personalities and wellness experts and brand founders and influencers. So um, amazing people on there like Jen Atkin and Bobby Brown and. Just great, great people.
1: That's great. So where can they get the podcast again? And then where can they get Summer Fridays and connect with what you're doing on social media?
0: You can follow me at Mariana underscore Hewitt. And my podcast is out every Tuesday, Apple, Spotify, anywhere it's available. And you can get Summer Fridays at summerfridays.com, Sephora US, Middle East, um, Europe, Space NK, Netaporte, Revolve. Mecca, Cosmetica, Mecca, there's a There's a million places you get it. If, it, if you're available somewhere, there's somewhere you could probably get it from. Um, I know I'm forgetting somebody, um, Selfridges in the UK, Cult Beauty, one of those places should be able to ship to you.
1: If they carry beauty products, they probably carry it. And if they don't, they probably should.
0: <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Thanks, Mariana. Love that conversation. And I just am such a fan of Mariana and what she's doing. If you want to learn more about all the things she has going on, her podcast, her blog, upcoming projects, all of it is at lifewithme.com. At the end of every episode, I'll be answering a question from one of you guys. Nothing is off limits. Ask me anything. And you can send your questions over to me on Instagram or Facebook. As a functional medicine practitioner, it's been fun seeing the questions that have already come in on different food philosophies, wellness trends, and ways to approach overall mental, emotional, and physical health and well-being. Thanks for those. And I'm looking forward to seeing what else is on your mind. All right, let's get to another Ask Me Anything for this week. This question is from Michelle. Hi, Michelle. She says, Hi, Dr. Cole, my fasting blood sugar is in the low 100s every time I get my labs done, but my A1C is normal. Is this a problem? Great question, Michelle, and context is everything. That's what I I say ad nauseum on The Art of Being Well and with my patients, context matters, and specifically with labs, it's very important. You cannot isolate one biomarker on a lab and say it and say it tells an entire story all the time. There's many there's many exceptions to the rule. There's many reasons why a lab can be off. Um, so let's talk about blood sugar or glucose. The optimal range and the functional range, where your body is functioning the best, where vibrant wellness resides, which is typically a thinner range within that larger reference range that you're going to see on the conventional lab reference range. So Michelle is correct in assuming we in functional medicine, we're looking at optimal numbers, not average, which which the lab reference range is, is looking at that statistical bell curve average of people who go to labs. So people that predominantly go to labs are people sadly going through health issues. So She is right in saying blood sugar above 100 is definitely something that wouldn't be optimal. On face value, it looks like something could be off. And obviously, I'd want to look at Michelle's full panel uh, to get better context. So take this with what I'm knowing from Michelle's question. I want to look at a full panel and that's what I consult people around the world via webcam about. But based on what Michelle is telling me, glucose above 100 is indeed outside of the optimal range. But what she's telling me here is the A1C is normal. A1C is a two to three month average of your blood sugar. So based on the context that Michelle's giving me, if glucose is above 100, which above 90 in functional medicine is something that we want to have a conversation about. We want to ask questions. We want to dig deeper. We want to look at the context of why glucose could be higher because there is a larger insulin resistance spectrum going on. It's part of that inflammation spectrum that I talk a lot about and I've written about in my book, The Inflammation Spectrum, my second book, but I talk a lot about it with patients 11 hours a day because by the time someone's diagnosed with a blood sugar problem and, you know, like type 2 diabetes or PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome or metabolic syndrome or even things like weight loss resistance, by the time someone's diagnosed, researchers estimate that's it's about 4 to 10 years prior to that diagnosis when things were brewing on this inflammation spectrum or this specific subset or aspect of the inflammation spectrum, that would be considered an insulin-resistant spectrum, meaning these are all signs of insulin resistance. And researchers estimate that it's the majority of American and Western adults, like around 60, 70%, have a blood sugar problem. They are insulin-resistant to some degree, meaning glucose can't get on the cell. The cell membrane is resistant, the receptor sites to insulin, which is a hormone that our pancreas produces to allow glucose into the cell or blood sugar into the cell to create ATP or cellular energy. Most people are insulin resistant. They're not able to get glucose into the cell. Hence, blood sugar can be higher. So the optimal range in functional medicine for glucose or blood sugar is going to be under 90 for your fasting blood sugar but you can't hang your hat on one number on a lab and say that's the totality of understanding your health. So it's a pointer, it's a good start, but you want to get greater context to that. So A1C, which Michelle gave me that context, she said her A1C is normal. She didn't give the number there, um, but the optimal range for A1C or this three-month average of your blood sugar is less than 5.4. So we want... A1C to be 5.4 or less. That would be the optimal range for this blood sugar average. So how could this be? How could her fasting glucose be a little bit higher than optimal and her A1C be normal with what she's saying? We're assuming that it's below 5.4. So, what could this mean? Well, first of all, glucose or blood sugar that's in the low 100s isn't extremely out of range. So, you don't want to over-dramatize or over-sensationalize something that's only slightly out of the optimal range. But it's still not optimal, and again, we want to ask questions and see what the context of it looks like, but the fact that her A1c is normal, how could this be? Well, there is a phenomenon that I see clinically uh, that is known in the research as physiological insulin resistance. That is different than pathological insulin resistance. So some people can have a mild dawn phenomenon or a mild higher glucose in the morning, but all the other markers look normal. So it's the body's own adaptation to get glucose a little bit higher to f- basically fuel the brain with some blood sugar. But what the A1C is telling us is that for the rest of the day and the average of the last 3 months is more or less in the optimal range, meaning her blood sugar is being handled pretty effectively. It's pretty optimal even if glucose is a little bit higher in the morning. The overall context of how she's living looks like pretty optimal, but I'd want to look at where the A1C was. Make sure it's below 5.4. If it is indeed physiological insulin resistance, which is not bad, it's not pathological insulin resistance that most people in the West have some degree of, then it's not a major problem. It's just the body's adaptation to get extra glucose to fuel the brain, specifically when you wake up or this mild dawn phenomenon. So you want to look at a full panel there, look at the A1C, but also look at the HDL triglyceride ratio, which even conventional institutions like the American Diabetic Association, the American Heart Association can look at those ratios. We want HDL or good cholesterol to be above 59. We want triglycerides. The optimal range for circulating fat is going to be below 100. So one compensatory mechanism or one adaptation that the body can do to mitigate the risk factors of higher blood sugar is when the blood sugar starts to rise pathologically, or meaning that if it's not a good thing, if it's not just some physiological phenomenon, it is a problem, then the body is trying to create homeostasis, is trying to bring balance about. So it'll start storing excess blood sugar or glucose as circulating fats or triglycerides and fat around the midsection and fat around the liver. It can cause fatty liver problems and you'll see spiked liver enzymes like AST and ALT and GGT. So these are markers that when I get better context to the complexities of this, the labs can tell a story and I can get the lab's perspective of the larger, broader story of what's going on here, Michelle. So many people will have low HDL, below 15 They'll have triglycerides above 100. Their insulin levels will be a little bit elevated or extremely elevated because insulin resistance would denote, or you would assume to have some hyperinsulinemia or excess insulin as well because insulin isn't able to get on the insulin receptor sites. And that's what's driving higher blood sugar. Um, So that could be a problem. So you want to look at the other markers. You want to look at HDL. You want to look at triglycerides. And you want to, and let me just back up a little bit with triglycerides. Triglycerides are, from a functional medicine perspective, at least my weird mind when it comes to decoding these labs and bringing perspective to them, I I see triglycerides as sort of Paul Revere, if you know anything about American history. It's like the British is coming, the British is coming, only triglycerides is saying insulin resistance is coming or diabetes is coming or prediabetes is coming because that's the triglycerides that you will see spiked on labs many times years before somebody's ever diagnosable with Type 2 diabetes or prediabetes or some metabolic syndrome. So look out for triglycerides to be above 100 or definitely above 150. You want to start asking questions. Why is triglycerides elevated? Many times it's driven by insulin resistance. So those are some contexts. Of course, you want to look at further labs too, like different inflammatory markers, like C reactive protein. You can look at what's called a nuclear magnetic resonance or NMR test to look at the subfractionation of particles. Oftentimes, people with True insulin resistance will have high small LDL particles, small dense LDL particles, which are these inflamed oxidized particles that carry cholesterol. The point is, Michelle, is that you can't hang your hat on one biomarker like glucose or fasting blood sugar and say that's everything so if everything else looks normal but your glucose is a little bit elevated it's probably physiological insulin resistance not a problem and it's just going to drop down the rest of the day into the normal no problem whatsoever obviously talk with your doctor i don't know everything about your case and of course we could run those labs for you as well to give you a functional medicine perspective on that you can learn more at drwillcole.com thanks for the question michelle That's it for today. Thanks again for hanging out with me. I would love to know what you think about the art of being well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit subscribe and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com podcast. I'll be back again next Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon.